Hi, Blah. Hey, man. So, uh, it's funny because growing up, I always thought it was weird that people like needed calendars or that they're mem- like, I've always had a really good memory. And you think when people say like, oh, the memory is the first thing to go, you're like, whatever. But, uh, I'm really glad I set a calendar reminder for this podcast because like at 930, I was gearing up to go for a bike ride and I got a a little ping on my watch that said podcast recording in 30 minutes. (laughs) So I was about to be out biking. You nearly forgot about me. (laughs) Yeah. Bail on you. And by the way, we call it a diary. I know. I've heard you've had some confusion where some you like I've written you in my diary and Americans are like, excuse me. Yeah, one of my clients was like, I had to Google what that meant because she goes, I thought you meant like in your like, like therapist book or something. <laughs> nice. It's, I, I don't know if you saw, I imagine you did the most recent Instagram post that I put up. Yes. Um, I guess when this launches, it'll be about a week ago. But um, yeah, a week ago, I made that turkey burger. With the, it's, the picture was of pate, but it was actually that company's foie gras. Um, I've never been one of those people that's into like caviar and foie gras. I mean, it's, it's, I've recognized it's good, but it was just one of those like bougie things. But staying with my aunt, she had some (laughs) and it was so good. I put some on my ham, egg and cheese sandwich this morning. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's mostly fat. It's got a little protein in there, but it's instead of like mayonnaise or something else, I've been. (laughs) He said foie gras is a condiment. Why not? Hey, if it yeah, tastes good, who needs it? Oh, it was the best turkey, burger ever, best turkey burger I've ever had. It was incredible. I don't even like turkey burgers that much. You can make me one when I come over. Mm. What are we talking about? You tell me. Oh, calories. You said you had a, yeah, you said you had a story for me, so. I do, yeah. So, let's talk about calories on the menu because that's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, me and my partner went for a meal. Um, it was like like a date night, I guess you could call it. And um, my partner is vegetarian, and um, so I'm we sorry were to hear that. <laughs> it's okay. She still lets me eat meat. Uh, and the great thing is, is I can order a pepperoni pizza, and she doesn't mind. She'll just pick off the pepperoni, so she's not like a diehard like no juices or anything. Um, oh, she, so, so yeah, so she's she's strict, not strict with it. She's uh, yeah, a, a she, predominantly she, vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. She hasn't eaten meat for like over fifteen years though, so she's oh, wow. for, for a very long time. Um, but yeah, so we went for this meal, and in the it was Thai food, and um, when we looked at the starters, they did these little platters, and there was a meat platter and a veggie platter, and it had the calories of everything on the menu. I was quite impressed because it looked really um, detailed as well. They even changed the calorie based on what meat you chose, mm-hmm. and so it was it was quite impressive. Most of them don't do that, um, and so the the meat platter came up as two hundred and fifty calories, and the veggie platter came up as. 500 calories and my girlfriend got well confused because naturally like um you know people do think that veggie based meals are lower in calories than meat based meals mm-hmm. what uh did you get a chance to see what each one was i'd be interested to know what the what was on them yeah like how why why it was higher calorie was it like a sauce that came with it or it was what, what was on the veggie platter um, there was a lot more carbs, and so mm. like you know, like um, 
they had like veggie spring rolls and stuff like that, and they didn't Makes have sense, yeah. they didn't they didn't have meat spring rolls, um, and then there was like a, a corn fritter uh, pate, mm-hmm. um, you know, just things like that. A lot of like deep fried stuff, um, tofu yeah. deep fried in something I can't remember, and it was just like a um, a Thai um, sweet chili sauce, and so. Um, but otherwise, like, I think that meat platters were more, like, stricter meats. Um, and, like, they were, like, um, chicken skewers with peanut butter sauce, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, so there was just, I could, I could see why it was lower calories. But initially, it caught us both off guard because you naturally, people do think that vegetarians have less calories. And I think that does apply, like, based on, like, just meats versus um, veg. As a as as a as a individual product, but like when you put it all together, like the vegetables can taste quite bland if you don't season them and put much on them, and so I think that's where the calories kind of come quite up. Uh, to some degree, for sure. I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions that I get working in nutrition is people coming in thinking things like vegetarians automatically lower calories or will cure their diabetes or that, you know, meat's going to be the highest calorie cause, you know, it's the issue. It's a, it's a singularity of thinking. Uh, organic is another big one. Oh, organic is less calories or helps with weight. And it's like organic is no different calorically than standard produce. So, you know, but people think they hear it's better for you. And most people automatically jump to better for you, meaning good for weight loss. And, yeah this is kind of where that health becomes a contextual thing is compared to what, you know, are diet Cokes healthy? I wouldn't say that. Are they healthier than drinking regular high fructose corn syrup sodas? I'd put money on that. Yeah. I think it's a move in the right direction. Um, so once again, it just depends on your goals and, and the context you're in, but it, it, very common to hear people thinking like a vegetarian and, if you do it right, it certainly is. You know, if your if your goal is to lose weight and you go vegetarian and eat more, as you said, vegetables. But I think that right there is the where we run into this caloric difference is uh potatoes are vegetarian, Oreos are vegan, you know, processed foods still exist in the vegetarian world, potato chips are vegetarian and vegan, right, you know, sure. so um, yeah, I think it's one of those, it's not the name of the diet that matters. It's how you, how do you run it? 100%. I, I do completely agree with that. What's your yeah, thoughts so, of calories on the menu though? I, I'm on the fence. I, I see it as a good thing and a bad thing. So I think, um, uh, I would say by and large, I'm for it. I, I think it's always good to have data and give people awareness to, how expensive calorically some of these meals are even, you know, sometimes the chicken dish is the highest calorie thing at the steakhouse because of the cream sauce. And, and, you know, most people might walk in thinking they did themselves a favor ordering chicken. Yeah. Like there's um, a five guys near gym that I train at. And like, I think, um, I've seen that one of the like simplest burgers is like a thousand calories. And I think people would never think that in the, their lives that that's how many calories would be in them i think especially considering five guys is a little smaller than your average restaurant burger at least in the u.s 
if you go to a typical sit-down restaurant, you're looking at a eight-ounce burger, you know, probably 250, 300-calorie hamburger roll because it's larger size to fit that size burger than the stuff you buy, like, at the grocery store, whereas Five Guys, I would guess, is somewhere in the four to five-ounce raw weight. You know, it's a little small, but it's it's just a lot of... It's a high percent fat beef patty. It's probably 80-20, uh, which is 80, 80% lean, 20% fat. It's got cheese. It's probably cooked a little bit of grease on the flat top. They toast the bun and butter, you know, and it just starts to add up. And it's it's a crazy amount of calories. You know, and for the most part, like I said, I, I am in support of it because it gives a good data set. You know, they're being honest about what this, the point of this food is not to be low in calorie it's to taste good yeah i mean like i think it does add value to people who understand calories as a whole but a lot of people will just see the calorie and go okay that's how much calories in it but they're not adding up their entire day to sort of understand a total sum of how many they're consuming and also i do think there's a little flaw in the system because like they'll be putting the calorie on the menu but if they added in a little bit more sauce to someone's dish, I know they're not weighing out every single meal and giving the exact same portion size to every single person, you know, the exact same amount of noodles, 52 strands or something. They're not doing something like that. So therefore, if they're not weighing out food to an exact T, it's just a guesstimation of calories. And so someone's like me and you, if we went for a meal, like we could have different meals in calories, but it could be similar, but not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the larger chain places are probably pretty close. It's definitely based on an average, but the there are standardizations in these places to make sure the, the patties are all about the same size and they use the same scoop or, or ladle for certain things and, you know, cheese is pre-cut. There's definitely an element of they this guy's a little more heavy-handed with the sauce or you yourself got more sauce and still just counted the the menu and i agree with you that i don't think a lot of people count their whole day together but i think that if that one decision if you're trying to lose weight and you look at the calories and you pick the lower calorie thing even without adding together it adds up you know just being mindful of how many calories are in the things you normally order and and making a conscious adjustment to something lower in calorie can support your weight loss yeah the key word there being support and then i guess i'm going to come from the other perspective of like people who don't actually understand calories any better or it's just a number can make people feel guilty for consuming a food that they actually enjoy Right, and that was going to be my next point of why I'm not totally for it, um, is I think there are people who are obsessive over calories or who have eating disorders and, you know, in a road to recovery when they're blasted with information of how many calories are in something everywhere they go, it, it can create a fear of food and eating. So, I mean, I think it can be very damaging and unfortunately... We see this a lot where you kind of have to do from a government policy the thing that's best for most people. And in America, most people are suffering from overweight or obesity, heart disease, diabetes. Diseases typically caused by overconsumption and overconsumption of processed foods. And so, 
you know, there's people that aren't going to fall into that umbrella and it really sucks, but that's just kind of how government works is it's, you got to do what's best for most people, not everyone. And what about people with like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like eating conditions, like, um, what do they call them? Ugh. Eating disorders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I said. I think people with eating disorders are like, can become very fearful, but most people don't have eating disorders. I think a large number of people have disordered eating patterns, but you can't comfortably say that the majority of humans in America have eating disorders. The majority of humans in America have overconsumption issues and weight problems. And so from a government policy change you have to make the right call for what's best for people at large and unfortunately since a minority of people have eating disorders that's not going to be the governmental call to protect them it's going to be the governmental call to put the calories on the menu i think it can be very damaging for people that struggle with you know bulimia or anorexia who you know that seeing that calories they're going to enjoy it and you know hit the gym too hard or throw up or yeah. You know, like or an anorexia, they'll just avoid it. You know, they won't go to those, and it could be a great thing for them to help put some weight on, but they just see those calories and it terrifies them. But then there's also the perspective of like the people who don't understand the calories, for example, like let's say your average like chicken burger, let's say it could be anywhere between four and 600 calories, but you go to a restaurant and it's actually like 900 to 1,000 calories but people never know how many calories it normally is. They've just gone to their favorite place and it's got more on it. And so it's got more calories can make people not understand. It can create a further separation of understanding of how many calories are in a meal because they're just looking at the ones on the menu, not the ones at home. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but I, I mean, I think you're once again, you're just never going to make the right call for every person. And maybe, you know, in an ideal situation, that person will see the calories and ask, you know, start to look into it and maybe it'll raise some curiosity and be like, well, I don't even know, you know, how to, what are calories? How do we, you know, I think those are terms that are, like you're saying, are so common in our workspace and lifestyle that there are some people who like that number means nothing to them. They don't even know what the word calorie really means. It's just something they see on everything. But to play counterpoint, the calories have been on the foods they've been buying for years. Sure. And and so it's not like it's a new concept. It's just on the package stuff at home. Um, And so this is just another area where they're exposed to it. And obviously, if they're struggling with weight, they probably have not used that information or you know, done anything to, you know, learn to understand it at this point. And it's just another exposure. And until they are educated or decide to seek change or help, they, they'll probably just go on ignoring it. Yeah, fair. To be fair, I am in support of calories on the menu. I think it does bring awareness, especially to all of my clients, because a lot of people, like, they may start counting their calories, but as soon as they stop, they think that they know how much food they're consuming. But I have seen clients gain weight 
when they're not counting calories because they think they know how many they're consuming. And so um, it just brings the it brings more awareness to you're not as close as you think you are because it's different in every place. Yeah, the old calorie creep. I think it happens a lot where people stop tracking or they just get a little lazier with tracking and the serving sizes get a little bigger and et cetera. Um, That's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, by and large, I am in support of it because I think things like we talked about at the beginning where um, people think vegetarian means healthier and healthier means lower calorie. I think both of those statements are factually inaccurate. I think it can be healthier, but by itself, like we said, it's not. But, um, you know, it's things like when you, you would assume due to nutrient density that something like avocado toast is going to be very healthy and low calorie, but on average, avocado toast is 800 to 1,000 calories on most menus just because it's a lot of high-fat, high-calorie ingredients, even though it's purely vegetarian, often vegan. You know, occasionally they add, like, an egg or some cheese to it, but it's, it's just... Yeah, it is good, you know, but it's to me, it's not worth 800 calories for two slices of toast. No, I'd do it. Like, the amount of avocado they put on the place where I go is, like, it's a ridiculous amount. I think that that meal is, like, at least 1,500 calories. It's yeah, insane. I mean, <laughs> two, 250 calories per avocado, It's it's uh, it gets, it can get up there quick. I reckon there's, like, three avocados on this piece of toast that I have. <laughs> wow. Um, and on the other side, like, Having struggled with weight most of my life and being someone who has tried every diet and tracked calories off and on and very weight conscious, it took a while for me to be able to ignore those numbers. There were times where I had an idea that I was going to go in and enjoy a nice big burger and it would deter me because when you see by the time you add the fries, you know, 1500 calories and then you throw a beer on the side of it, you're almost to 2000 calories in one sitting it, uh, you know, I would definitely change my mind based and I've gotten better and I don't do that anymore because I don't believe in cheat meals, but I do believe in eating something that has no nutritional purpose other than mental pleasure occasionally just to keep yourself sane. And, you know, I enjoy eating well-balanced, but I do want to turn off and just eat a big old high calorie burger and plate of nachos without any kind of guilt or regret and with the calorie staring me in the face that was harder to make that shift and consciously ignore the calories in pursuit of pleasure yeah i bet that must be like hard to switch off it is like i said i've been working on it and getting better and some of it too is i have noticed you know i say as a as a guy i'm very good about banging my head into the wall and allowing my wife to tell me that it hurts. (laughs) Um, But I remember when throughout the dating process, um, I mentioned multiple times we would go somewhere and split a burger. I think the first time it happened was at this Irish bar right down the street from us. And it was a really well-made burger. And this is one of those other points where well-made, high-quality, good ingredients does not mean low-calorie. I'm pretty sure they ground the beef in-house. It was not frozen. They used really nice Irish cheddar. There wasn't even any sauce on the... Uh, no mayonnaise, no nothing on the bun. Wow. Um, and it was just perfect. Like, it was a great burger. And we split it. You know, so we had a little small appetizer of some scotch eggs, which are amazing. Nobody's had them. And then uh, we split the burger and the fries. And I made a comment about how great I felt. 
typically when I eat a big burger from a restaurant, I feel very like, I don't know, just gassy, burpy, bloated kind of feeling, inflamed yeah. all around. And I probably did it five or six more times just being like, oh, I feel so good. And it's, it, you know, it was the amount of burger that made me feel better. And so that saves me a lot of calories because I don't need a whole burger because it's going to make me feel like shit. It, it, invariably, I rarely can eat a whole eight ounce burger and french fries and not feel bloated. And it's just, I, it's more food than I need in one sitting. And it's not, I'm not doing it because it's saving me calories. I'm doing it because it makes me feel better. And so it's, that's nice because I'm able to turn off, you know, maybe I ate more than half and I don't need to, I don't need to count the calories though. I'm doing it because it's, it's a pleasure meal. It just happens that I get more pleasure out of it by cutting the calories by a third or a half and sharing it. Yeah. Sometimes people can get so engrossed of like how a product can emotionally make them feel that they need all of it when in actual fact they didn't need all of it to feel good they just needed some of it and sometimes people can really struggle to separate that emotional attachment to food to like how much they really want slash need yeah and and i do think this comes down to maybe even a bigger episode that we can do later which is the mindfulness of eating and why you're eating that food at that moment and, and creating some practices around mindful eating. I think we did do a intentional and mindful eating, but I think we could dive more into it. But, you know, the why of your food, the purpose and understanding that because I like it and I want it is a good purpose. But I think a lot of people don't ever apply or attach any purpose to their foods and so to them, chips are just chips. They don't have a purpose. And to me, chips have a purpose, and that's to be crunchy and taste good. And so when I think about that purpose, I use chips correctly as opposed to them just being some other food. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make me enjoy chips less. As a matter of fact, I think I enjoy some of these foods more. Like I, I eat pizza for – you know I'm not going to be someone who eats two slices of pizza and a side salad to cut down on calories. When I have pizza, it's a high-calorie affair. I don't care. I don't want the calories in my face. If they are, I'm going to blaze past it and just enjoy some pizza. But because it's a high-calorie affair, I eat pizza less often. And when I do get pizza, I don't waste it on you know cheap chain pizza like Papa John's, Domino's. Those I don't even enjoy them anymore. I used to. Any pizza was good. But I'd rather, since it's going to be an expensive caloric venture and one of my pleasure meals, get local, high-quality, you know, better-tasting pizza or burger. I don't go to a fast food. I go to a burger restaurant, and it yep. makes me enjoy them more because I commit to them. So maybe there is a benefit knowing the calories. It's not worth the calories on this cheap, less, you know, flavorful version. I'd rather, since it is so expensive and it's my pleasure meal for the week or, you know bi-weekly however often i decide i'm doing it like yeah i'm not gonna waste those calories on something that's not as fulfilling or flavorful yeah i think you are right there that conscious sort of mindful thoughtfulness of like where you want to spend your calories you know a lot of people don't look at calories as like um you know you you get a certain amount of money each day and it's like you know, if I gave you like two thousand pounds or dollars each day, and it's like you get to choose, like, what foods you want, and each food equals what, like five hundred to a thousand 
pounds, dollars, you know, would you still make the same decisions knowing that there's no more money at the end of the day until the next day? And I think a lot of people would change um, their decisions and they'd probably be a little bit more careful and like what makes me feel good and how much do I really want this, which I guess is what we try to tell people to do when they count their calories. You know, unfortunately, you can overspend if you want to, but we try and encourage people not to. Yeah. And, and I use that analogy a lot where when you have a budget, you're out of money. Like, I guess you can go into credit card debt, and but eventually you, you're maxed out, you have no more money, and you are evicted from your house for not paying rent or mortgage. But with weight, we have an unlimited budget, and it's called fat gain. Yeah. And so I do agree with you. I think, you know, I, I do get a lot of people to retry calorie counting, not from a restrictive mindset standpoint but from a budgetary standpoint you know this is data collection let's see where you're at and see if we can get to a better place but you know using that same analogy if i uh if i only have a limited budget i'm going to pick things that don't cost that much but occupy a lot of time like going to the movie it's you know that's two plus hours guaranteed and i didn't spend that much money as i would if i went and you know, rented a McLaren to drive down the Autobahn, that's a lot more expensive and I don't get to do it for as long. So it's, you know, that's kind of those high palatable foods versus our well-balanced foods. I don't go to restaurants except for when I'm deciding to go off script or eat my pleasure meal, whatever you, however we want to rebrand the cheat meal. That's the only time I really go to restaurants. I don't, I, I enjoy cooking. So that's a really nice part of it. But it's just not worth the calories to eat something either something I don't want, but I'm getting because it's lower calorie and fits the dietary pattern or the budget or something that I could have made for a lot fewer calories. Cause even something like a grilled salmon is six to 800 calories and I can make it for under four because they're going to use oil. And like your point earlier, are they using that much oil? And the smaller restaurants that don't have to put the calories on the menu, if I'm, you know, trying to guess compared to something close, and, and this is one of those issues we see with calorie tracking is a lot of times people turn to processed, boxed, packaged stuff or, you know, fast food restaurants and chains because the menus, the calories are available on the menu and the, the barcode is scannable on the box. And so it's a lot harder to track well-made veggie rich single ingredient foods like potatoes and veggies and lean protein and blah 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 because there's no barcode there's no easy access they got to weigh it and they got to measure it and they got to put all these things in so you know not learning how to track your calories properly can definitely turn into consuming more processed goods and going to more chain and fast food restaurants where that information is directly available so i mean another reason why it's kind of a bad thing is it can get people away from what they should be doing because of the need to see the track, the calories. Yeah. Like what's interesting is like the calories on the menu. Yeah. It's going to help people maybe manage their weight better, but it's not teaching people how to consume more nutrient dense meals. It's just teaching you how to control your weight. That's all. Right. And, and we said before, we'll say again, Weight loss is not health improvement. It can be, you know, but you can lose weight and still be unhealthy. 
you can be overweight and become healthier. It's not a guarantee that losing weight makes you healthier if you're not doing it in the right way. Yep. Well, should we wrap up on that note? Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, I, I liked this episode. We did a good job of both being on the same page, but bringing up some point counterpoint, um, you know, yeah, the pros and cons kind of deal. So. All right. Well, yeah. Well, uh, until next can, time. Yeah. Find us uh, a healthy debate. You don't got to do that. It's on the outro. Oh, oh sweet. All right. See there's you a, later. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a recorded outro that tells people where to go. It, it's right. the same every episode. Yeah. God, so I, you, I clearly know nothing. All right. Bye everyone. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just tell people to subscribe and follow and like, I didn't put all that on there. I'm not going to be that annoying. Yeah. But, make yeah. sure you subscribe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you. <laughs> Share our shit with your friends. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.